0: Good evening everyone. How are you? Believe it or not, this is now the eighth day of the series. We began on Friday evening, September the 8th. Today I believe is September 16, is it, or 15? Which one is it? 15. So we are completing one week. Time is moving very, very fast. I'm very delighted to see you. I hope your day went well today. Mine certainly did. And I am grateful to God for that. I hope you brought a friend with you. May I see the hands of those who brought someone? Raise your hands unashamedly. All right, hands down. May I see the hands of all those who intend to bring someone? Raise your hands. All right. I'll leave the rest of you alone for tonight. But try, remember what I said about heaven and hell. How should you go to hell? By yourself. I'm quite serious. Going to heaven requires someone with you. We must take someone with us. The stars we wear must have at least one crown. Once The crowns we wear must have at least one star. The stars representing those whom we've led to Christ. You cannot get through the gates of heaven alone because heaven is a place of un. Selfishness, selflessness, and self-denial. Bring someone to the meetings. You see, one message may turn a person's life absolutely around. One. Not just the entire message. One statement in a message may change your life. Please consider yourself a life saver and bring someone with you. Those of you who are here for the first time tonight, may I see your hands. First time. God bless you. God bless you. I say that from my heart. Our subject for tonight, just like Jesus. Say that with me. Just like Jesus. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask you now in the name of Jesus to be with us. Because we cannot keep ourselves. We ask you for power. We ask you for enlightenment, we ask you for insight, and we ask you, God, to pull down the Jericho walls that make our hearts so hard, and allow the truth to go marching in and conquer. Grant me the words to say, I pray, that your name may be glorified to high heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. Just like Jesus, John chapter 3, verse 16 Go there with me, please. John chapter 3, verse 16. As we begin our presentation for tonight. Just like Jesus. John is my second favorite book of the Bible. What's my favorite book? Genesis. What's my favorite verse? Genesis 1 1. And what does it say? Now don't make me feel so badly. Recite my favorite verse. Genesis 1-1. Just ten words. Say it. All right. You'll do better tomorrow night. John 3-16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world. How did He love the world? He so loved the world. And use the word so when no word can amply express the degree of love. For God so so loved the world have you ever said he made me so angry she made me so angry I was almost homicidal well God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life look at what God did as a result of loving us so much For God so loved the world that he gave. How much do you love God? This much or this much? Show me without hitting the person next to you. Is it this much or this much? What is it? Show me. This much. All right. Then what are you giving him? He loved you this much and sent his son. Now, in sending his son, what do you understand by the expression that he gave? The Bible doesn't say he loaned. Christ is not a loan. Christ is a gift. One amen come. (laughs) I'm going back to Michigan tomorrow. One amen I said Christ is a gift to you. Yes. A gift from God. Now, how does God give? That question has to be answered. How does God give? To un- yes, to understand how God gives, let's go to Genesis chapter 25. We'll read verses 1 and 5. Genesis 25, verses 1 and 5. As we continue with the subject, what is our subject? Just like Jesus. You are sleepy tonight. I hope you'll wake up very soon. Genesis 25, reading from verse 1. The Bible says, Then again Abraham took her wife, and her name was Keturah. Well, let's read verse 2. And she bare him Zimran, and Jokshan, and Medan, and Midian, and Ishmach, and Shua. Verse 5. And Abraham gave all that he had unto whom? Unto Isaac. But unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave them gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son, while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. Now Abraham, the Bible says in Genesis 25 verse 5, gave everything he had to Isaac. Not most of what he had, everything he had, he gave to Isaac. Go to Genesis, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's combine Genesis 25, 1, 2, and 5, and 6, with Hebrews 11, reading from verse 17, as we continue with the subject, just like Jesus. Do you have Hebrews 11, verse 17? The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, his son. Abraham, when he was tried or tested, offered up Isaac, his son. And he that hath received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. Now there are only two only begotten sons in the Bible. Who are they? Jesus and Isaac. Now what does that tell you about Isaac in relationship to Jesus? we read about the only begotten son in genesis 3 16. for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son now we can say correctly for abraham so loved god that he did what he gave his only begotten son verse 18 of whom it was said that in isaac shall thy seed be called why does that verse what does that verse intend to tell us that the promise of a savior was to be was to pass through isaac it could have passed through ishmael but god said no i want isaac now we read in genesis 25 verse 2 that this woman keturah she had what look appears to be six sons for abraham zimran and jokshan and maiden and midian and Ishmael and Shua. genesis 25 verse 2. six more boys although someone told me the word Shua refers to a lady i'm not sure but in the chapter it just says sons in verse 6 and to the sons of the concubine. so let's assume all six were boys god did not want ishmael he did not want zimran or Jokshan or maiden or midian or Ishmael or Shuah. he only wanted isaac the only person through whom the plan of salvation could flow that christ could come the only line was the line that passed from abraham through isaac so when god told abraham kill isaac Abraham understood he was shutting off the channel through which Christ was to pass. When you shut off Christ, how much do you shut off? Everything. Everything. But because God said to do it, Abraham was prepared to do it. Now I asked you earlier, If Christ is God's only begotten son, Isaac was Abraham's only begotten son, what is the relationship between Isaac and Jesus? Isaac does what? Represents Christ. If you read in verse 19, accounting that he was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Abraham believed that after killing Isaac, God would raise him from the dead and in the eyes of god abraham did kill isaac and isaac was raised from the dead in the person of the lamb that abraham slew in his place speaking symbolically so isaac represents christ and as abraham gave all that he had to isaac god has given all that he has finish it for me to jesus that's what jesus says In john 16 verse 15 all that the father hath is mine now here is the person who has everything god has and god takes him and gives him to us now use your reasoning power what has god given to us in giving us christ everything somebody say amen everything necessary for life and salvation when god gave christ he gave everything god doesn't give and then ask for change we do that you know i have seen in churches people give offering and they tell the deacon could you bring me change (laughs) have you ever seen that i have now i'm not condemning it i'm simply saying when god offered christ he asked the world for no change He's all yours. That is the highest expression of self-denial. Come on in, my good friends. Come on in. Let me repeat that. Christ claimed ownership of everything the Father had. God gave Christ to us. Common sense and sound reasoning unaffected by alcohol and drugs should tell us that when God gave Christ, who owned everything, God gave us everything. And the people said, let's show God we're grateful. Now, Christ came he was God he was always God he remains God but he also became what human when God made Adam Adam was also son of God it was God's will that Adam would live his life and Adam and Eve would produce children who would produce children who would all be in the image of this Christ a world without sin, a perfect world where everyone was more concerned about the other person than about themselves. Now it may sound shocking, but that's the way God intended and that's the way it will be when Christ fixes up this world. Those of us who make it to heaven, our greater concern will be for others, not for ourselves. But the way the world works today, we look out for whom? Number one. Numero uno, the big kahuna. We look out for ourselves, the very opposite of self-denial. Now Jesus says, if any man will come after me, I know you know the rest. Let him do what? Deny himself. Let's pause. What is self-denial? When was the last time I practiced it? When was the last time you did? We're talking about just like Jesus. Self denial. The greatest example of self denial was God giving His Son and His Son giving His life. What is self denial? Self denial is giving everything without having a backup plan i'm glad you came sister i love you (laughs) tell your husband don't kill me i love you i know i have some amens from the left (laughs) from the middle and from the right then let the whole church say amen you need practice i am saying that self-denial is that quality that allows a person to give without reservation or without a backup plan? Now, all of us understand the principle of a backup plan. How many of you have ever applied to college for any reason? All right. Did you only apply to one? No. Years ago, I uh, counseled at a medical school, and students would apply to 10 medical schools, 12, if they had enough money. <laughs> 13, 14. Why? In case I don't get into number one on the list, I may get into number two, if not number three, if not number four, and certainly number eight. Before I get to number 13. That is a back-up plan. If this doesn't work, I'll try this. When God sent Jesus, God said, if this doesn't work, that's it. There's nothing else I can do. Imagine God in a position where there's nothing He can do. And yet, He's omnipotent. Self-denial. There's a tradition in heaven that Jesus came to practice and practiced. That tradition is righteousness. You like righteousness? When Christ came, Christ lived a life of righteousness now those of us who are in Christ we're sons of God and daughters of God now God heaven has a family tradition you understand family traditions let me go back to my counseling days at that medical school in Michigan I met many students who were doing medicine for no other reason the fathers were doctors and I've met some who were not particularly eager to do medicine but for respect out of respect for the family tradition because the grandfather was a doctor and the great-grandfather was a doctor and the mother was a nurse. You can't go apart from this tradition, so they're studying medicine. Some, some cultures, they tell you that this tribe, they're the people who do business. That tribe, they're the ones who go to the army. They tell me in India, those from the Punjab, they tend to dominate the army. I don't know, I've never been there. heaven the tradition of heaven is righteousness and not medicine or business or law or agriculture righteousness and so a righteous father sent a righteous son and the message is all who come to the son become sons of god and god requires of them keep up the family tradition live righteous lives Am I talking the truth? Keep up the family tradition. That's why Jesus said in Mark 30, in chapter 3, verse 31 to 33, Who is my mother? Who is my father? They that do the will of my father in heaven, that's my mother, that's my brother, that's my cousin. Those who follow the family tradition, a life of righteousness... And the life of righteousness is only possible when there's a life of self-denial. Why is it we've walked with God so long and still not Christ-like to any degree? Neither church, far from God. Remember I told you last night, God told Nicodemus, "You, you, you must be born again. Nicodemus was one of the highest leaders of the church. God said, you've got to be born again. Because there are members of the church who do not understand that our mission is righteous living. The world is flooded with examples of unrighteous living. Everywhere, that's why we lock our doors. That's why we buy guns. And we buy dogs that uh, look like lions. And that's why we hire guards. That's why we have alarms on our cars. We're surrounded in a world of unrighteousness. And God says, look, I want to spread the tradition of the heavenly family on that sinful earth. Let a wicked world see an example of a righteous person. Because once they see, perhaps... They will be motivated to say, I want to live like that. You know why young boys walk around with their pants falling off? Because the rappers do it. That's all. That's the only reason other guys are in prison. That's the only reason. As soon as the rappers stop and start wearing their pants up here, the young boys pull theirs up here. They see and they do. Girls don't laugh. You know why girls wear low riders? You know what low riders are? Let me come from behind the desk. A lowrider is some sort of jeans that you push down as far as you can without being arrested for indecent exposure. Why do girls in church wear those things? Because they see women on television with them. The stars, put that word in quotation mark. there's only one star, that's Jesus Christ. But they see these people and then decide, well, I think it's a proper thing for a Christian to do, to copy a star. We see, we do. Monkey see, monkey do. Well, God says, that's fine. Here's someone to see, Christ. Now you see and you do. Righteousness. But the foundation of righteousness is self-denial. Now, I came here for this series. If someone said to me, listen, Randy, there's a a sale on socks down in Colton. Friday night, 7.30, let's go. I can't go. Because that's not why I came. I came to be here. You understand? I have to deny what I want to do and do what I'm required to do. Those of you in college, you understand that. Let's go play. Uh Uh-uh, I've got a final exam. Jesus had the same temptation. The brother said in John 7, Let's go to Jerusalem and perform miracles. Christ said, "Mm -mm. You are of the world. The world understands you. They don't understand me. Because I am different. I am saying self-denial must be the foundation on which our righteousness rests. As a matter of fact, you cannot separate self-denial from righteousness. Now, Jesus was a walking example of self-denial. He denied himself for the sake of his Father's will. And in that garden of Gethsemane, as he suffered and he sweat drops of blood, have you ever sweat blood? You may have had a nosebleed. I've had them. I have never sweat blood. And I don't plan to. Jesus was under so much stress. Psychological. Internal. He began to sweat blood. The Bible says. Great drops of blood falling to the ground. Luke chapter 22 verse 42-43. And he prayed. Lord if thou be willing. Remove this cup. Meaning the experience. But his self-denial. Was so deep in his soul. He continued to say, nevertheless, and I love that word, nevertheless. Not my will, but thy will be done. That is self-denial. Just like Jesus. Our mission, I say again, is to carry on the tradition of the heavenly family it is a tradition not of medicine dentistry or law it is a tradition of righteousness and self-denial because god so loved the world you know some people won't even give god the time of day how many people have we invited to these meetings I, I, i'll come but then they uh, choose to go wherever not understanding That perhaps the best place a person can choose to be in all of San Bernardino right now. Right here. What do you say? Words of life. Not mine, but these. But cannot give up the bar. The woman. The man. The shopping mall. The playoffs. The television. Cannot deny themselves that to avail themselves of life. And so i say again jesus came as an example to us here is how you continue the heavenly tradition of self-denial live like me now to live like christ let me repeat ad nauseum everything you do must be based on self-denial we're supposed to be just like jesus this must be our ambition and i say that and you hear me but does it register let me say it again i'm moving mr cameraman i'm moving everything you and i do must be done in a way to reflect jesus christ because everything jesus did reflected whom his father His father said, you go represent me and do it so well that those observing you will see a flawless example of righteousness now. When they follow your example, others watching them will see a similarly flawless example. Because their example will be yours. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It didn't say let a similar mind, let the same mind, And the same mind produces the same thoughts, the same words, the same behaviors. Just like Jesus. Let us look at some examples of how much we must be just like Jesus. How should we forgive one another? Just like Christ. Just like God. Let's find biblical evidence. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 31 and 32 as we continue with the subject. Just like Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, yes my good brother, thank you for checking. Verses 31 and 32. Do you have that? Paul writes, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. Now you finish that verse. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We are to forgive. The way god forgives for the first time in the series this side didn't hear me we are to forgive the way god forgives we are to forgive the way god forgives we are to forgive the way god forgives let me ask you this question right now who in this audience is refusing to give someone who has hurt you you're, forgi- you're refusing to forgive someone who has hurt you. Right where you sit, you need to forgive someone. You won't do it. If there's such a person, raise your hand. Stand up. Come. No point in going on where we need to fix some problems. Come, come. Let me pray for you. We need to forgive people. Come. Someone else you're refusing to give. Raise your hand and come. Come, stand right here, my good brother. No, come with me. Come with me. Come, come, come. Let the world see a man who has courage and guts. Come. Tell me your name. Jeff. Jeff is a good name. Come, my sister. There's someone you need to forgive you will not forgive. Come, let God soften your hearts. He'll do that. Come. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Someone else, come. There's a quick appeal. I need to move on with the sermon. You need to forgive someone you will not do it. Come. Let's pray and ask God to give us a forgiven heart right now. Come, my good brother. God bless you. Because if we don't forgive, God does not forgive us. A refusal to forgive is suicide. No one goes to heaven who does not forgive. Someone else come. You need to forgive someone. Come right over here, my good brother. God bless you. We need to forgive. Tell people, look, I forgive you. You hurt me, but God forgave me. I forgive you. Someone else come. You need to forgive someone who hurts you. Come. Don't be afraid. Just jump up and come. Come, sister. God bless you come decide come decide blessings upon you you need to forgive someone come then I'll move on with the sermon and finish as much as I can someone has done you wrong and you will not forgive even though you're hurting yourself that's not the spirit of Christ the worst thing anyone has done to anyone is what we did to God's sin my dear sister you can stay right where you are it's okay sit in one of those chairs right there God bless you for trying God bless you God sees your heart in your heart you're right here that's okay anyone else before I pray there's someone you need could be your wife your mother your father your girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or your classmate or your friend someone your boss you need to forgive that person come let's forgive the way Christ forgives even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you, someone else come. Quick. There's someone else. I know that. I know that. Don't hold up the service. You come. Bless you, sister. Blessings upon you, sister. Come. We need to forgive people. Don't pretend to be a Christian. Forgive. Let's do it for real. Come. Blessings on you. Bless you. God bless you. Come. If the service ends at this point, this is fine with me. Come. Come. I'll finish it tomorrow. Come, sister. Bless you. God bless you. We cannot hold grudges in our hearts. We cannot do it and run around dressed like saints. Doesn't work. Come. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Come, my dear sister. God bless you. There's someone I need to forgive. Come. And I'll pray, and my prayer will represent you before the throne of grace. Someone else. Someone else. Come. How should we forgive just like Christ? With no malice. He forgives, He forgets. He casts our sins into the depths of the sea. Micah chapter 7, verse 19. Let's forgive people, set ourselves free, and set them free. One more minute, then I have to pray. Come and say to God, Father, I'm sorry. Give me the courage right now to forgive someone who has hurt me badly. Perhaps you lost your house, your job, your health. You must forgive. God never said it was easy he said it's necessary anyone else I praise God for those who've come anyone else must forgive get all the static out of this place let the spirit of God move in clean hearts anyone else 30 seconds I must there's someone I need to forgive come God bless you sister God bless you and I say that from my heart God bless you come you have 15 seconds for the next person to come there's someone I need to forgive come come God bless you takes a little time but God understands God bless you the Lord is long suffering blessings on you my dear brother God bless you my sweet sister come let's be let's act like God forgive to err is the human to forgive is what divine let's be divine first second peter chapter 1 verse 4 we have precious promises by these we partake of the divine nature god loves to forgive people because those of us who are hurt in so very soon we will hurt somebody every head bowed every eye closed father i come to you in the name of jesus to present to you my brothers and sisters who have shown courage and spiritual guts to respond to this appeal to say there's someone they need to forgive And they have been refusing. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. Who died to make forgiveness possible. Who shed his blood. Who suffered. Then who rose to give us power to forgive. In his name now. Touch every heart that responded to the call. Soften their hearts. And put into their hearts a desire to forgive. Let them forgive in their hearts now. And express that forgiveness the first opportunity they have. Hear this humble prayer and save them at last I prayer In Jesus name and for his sake. Let all God's people say. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may return to Jesus. God bless you from my heart. God bless you. Forgive, forgive, forgive. God bless you. God bless you my good sister. God bless you. Blessings on you. God bless you my sister. God bless you my good brother. God bless you. Forgive those who hurt us. Forgive them. Forgive them. Bless you my good brother. God bless you. Forgive. How should we forgive? How should we Forgive. Like Jesus, like Jesus Christ, without grudges, he forgives 100%. Let's continue as much as we can before time runs out. How should we love one another? Let's go to John chapter 15, reading verse 12. John 15, reading verse 12 as we continue. Just like Jesus, the foundation of being just like Jesus is self-denial. It's not about you, it's about God. Do we have John 15, verse 12? Here is Jesus. This is my suggestion that ye love one another. Uh Uh-uh. This is my advice that ye love one another. This is my recommendation. What is it? This is my commandment. Say amen for the word commandment. This is my commandment that ye love one another. Don't discuss it. Don't wait for the person to be handsome, or ugly. Love. Now how should we love as I have loved you? Did Jesus love Judas? Yes or no? Yes. Did he love the Roman soldier that nailed his feet to the cross? Yes. That's why he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We must love the way Jesus loved. Mothers, you understand that. No one causes you more pain than your children, not even your husband. They hurt you, they hurt you, they hurt you, and you don't keep a list. You don't even remember because you love them they get into trouble and your heart melts you want them to come back home because your mother you have a heart of love we can love non-blood people just that way because we were not related to God by blood but he loved us then he sent Jesus to shed his blood how should we love just like Jesus and that's no joke you're looking at me as though I didn't take my medication this morning I don't take medication. So I'm not mad. I'm not limited. Because the Holy Spirit is using me. I am saying again, we must love. How? Like Jesus, how should we forgive? Like Jesus, how should we obey God? Let's go to the Bible. Stay in John chapter 15. I like that chapter. Read verse 10. John 15, 10, we just read 12. Let's read 10. What does it say? If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. How should we obey? Just like Jesus? We have no other example. Enoch was a good man, and I'm happy for that. I admire his life. My example is Christ. Amen. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments. The same way I obeyed him, you obey me, says Christ. No difference. Because the same mind in him. Open your minds and accept That reality, God wants us to think the thoughts of Jesus. How should we forgive? How should we love? How should we overcome obey? How should we overcome? Let's go to Scripture, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Let's read verse 21 of the book of Revelation. This is the message to the church of Laodicea. And the message came from whom? Jesus Christ himself. Revelation chapter 3, reading verse 21. Jesus says, To him that overcometh. What's the only thing you and I are supposed to overcome? Sin. You can call it the world. Sin. There's only one problem in this world, and that is sin. Now it has many symptoms, it has many effects, it has many ramifications. There is one problem, sin, one solution, Christ. Yeah. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame and I'm sat down with my father in his throne. Now Jesus is saying, you've got to overcome the way I overcame. I know you don't believe it. I I can see it. But I believe as I continue to preach, even if I die in this pulpit, someone will come to the place where they accept this truth. We must overcome the way Jesus overcame or Jesus was not a good example. Let's look at that verse carefully. To him that overcometh, Will I grant to sit with me in my throne? Here's the throne of Jesus over here. Even as I also overcame and I'm sat down with my father on his throne, here's the father's throne over here. We have two thrones. Follow me closely. Let me move to the front. Let's call these stairs the throne of the father. Let's call these the throne of the son. Jesus says there's a certain kind of overcoming that puts me on my father's throne. There's a certain kind of overcoming that puts you on my throne, says Jesus. But you see, we need to understand the throne of the Father and the throne of the Son are equal. Because Jesus is God. Come on, say amen. Jesus is God. Anything less than God can't deal with Satan. Get this, and I may have to end the message on this point this is the throne of the father jesus sits with him because jesus overcame sin this is the throne of jesus we sit with him because we overcome sin now let's go to revelation chapter 22 let's read verses 1 and 2 and 3. revelation 22 we just read from chapter 3 let's go to chapter 22 of revelation we're taking a hard look at this throne of god and jesus sitting with the father and we sitting with jesus And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of where? The throne of and of the two thrones. What is coming out of the throne of God? River of what? What kind of life? Eternal life. It's coming out of the throne of the Father. Who alone can give eternal life? An angel? Who? It comes out of the throne of the Father. It also comes out of the throne of whom? The son, the father can give life, the son can give life. Because the son is God. Now, this throne, God, that throne, God, Jesus says, I sit with my father because I overcame sin. He said, you've got to overcome sin the same way. Because to sit on my throne is just as good as sitting on the father's throne. Because my throne is equal to his, so your overcoming must be equal to mine. we give sin too much credit i can't overcome and i can't do this and i can't do that any good teacher will tell a student don't say that don't say you can't do geometry try i'll spend two hours after class and help you god says don't say you can't resist sin look at christ because you must overcome how as jesus overcame how should we forgive how should we love How should we obey? How should we overcome? How should we be humble? Let's look at scripture. Stay in John, John chapter 13. It must be like Jesus. That is the admission ticket for heaven. The character of Christ. There are three ways to get to heaven. There's one way. Jesus says, I am the way. Not someone who looks like me. I, my life my righteousness it has to be yours how should we be humble john 13 reading from verse 13. jesus says to the disciples ye call me master and lord and ye say well for so i am you've got to know who you are can you say amen, amen. jesus said you call me master you're right that's what i am someone looks at you and said you're a christian you ought to say you're right that's what i am come on say amen, amen. know who you are Ye call me master and lord And ye say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, hath washed your feet, hmm? if I, a big shot from heaven, can kneel down, wash your feet, ye also ought, the word ought means obligation, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15, for I have given you what? An example that ye should do. How? As I have done to you. Humility. God kneeling in front of humanity and doing the work of a slave. Humility. We we love to say, Do you know who I am? You, me. I am too important. I drive a Honda. I can't do that. I have given you an example. What is the purpose of an example? Follow it. How should we forgive? How should we love? How should we obey? How should we overcome? how should we be humble what should our lifestyle be like yes let's go to scripture first John chapter 2 all the way to the back of the Bible you have Revelation Jude's third John second John first John chapter 2 verse 6. first John chapter 2 reading verse 6 as we continue just like Jesus to be just like Jesus self-denial must be the first point at which we begin everything springs from there first John 2 says he that saith he abideth in him now God is allowing you to decide where you are he that saith if you claim you can translate a text that way he that claims or says or trumpets or declares I know him, or he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk. Here we have the word ought. It's required, it's an obligation, it's mandatory. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk as he walked. In scripture, to walk is not just to put one foot ahead of the other. It is to follow an example in lifestyle. We ought to walk. The way jesus walked we have a saying if you talk the talk you ought to do what and we mean live the life that's what we mean the bible says if you say you're you're, you're in christ live like christ does christ gossip does christ go to the boss and try to discredit somebody else so he can get that person's position Does Christ steal the other guy's wife or girlfriend? No. Does Christ lie? No. Does he hold grudges? No. Is he jealous? No. Is he envious? No. Are we? Yes. Are we ever? Why are we still that way? Why are we still that way? Listen to me, there is no virtue. In taking joy in admitting we're sinners. Almost as though I'm proud to say I'm a humble sinner. Our joy must come from knowing we belong to Christ. And stop telling God I'm only human. Jesus was only human too. In his human side, let me say, he lived as a human being. Depending on God in that sense, he was human. Don't use humanity as an excuse to sin because Jesus with the same humanity, He conquered. He overcame. It is a shame to live a defeated life and claim to be a Christian. It's like a man in a supermarket dying of starvation. Makes no sense. How should we forgive? How should we love? How should we obey? How should we overcome? How should we be humble? How should our lifestyle be? How should we suffer? <laughs> uh, don't quit on me now. How should we suffer? Like Jesus. Let's go to Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're finishing up just like Jesus. What book did I say? What chapter? Let's look at verse... Well, chapter 3, sorry. Chapter 3. Let's go to verse 18. No, you have to pardon me. Go back to chapter 2, verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear how much fear what is fear in this context respect yes some bright person said respect servants be subject to your masters with all fear the word servant is a nice word for slave not only to the good and gentle but also to the forward you didn't get that now you know as a black man I don't put much emphasis on color but history is history. When i first read that verse i said wait a minute lord you're telling me a slave is supposed to yeah god is saying there is no condition in which a child of god cannot be a child of god god isn't elevating slavery god is saying when you're my child you're my child under all circumstances There are no situational exceptions when you can say to me, Lord, it was too tough to be your child. If you're a slave, you can be a slave who belongs to God. Not only to the good and gentle master, but also to the forward. Verse 19. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. (laughs) Have you ever suffered wrongfully? Raise your right hand. Not with pride, just raise it. Hands down. We have suffered wrongfully. But no one has ever suffered more wrongfully than Jesus Christ. And you know what he did? He took it. Thank you. And you. And you. We love to fight back. When did Jesus fight back? When they slapped him, did he fight back? How did he take it? Like a lamb to the slaughter. Never said a mumbling word. We will speak a dictionary of opposition. Verse 20. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and take it patiently, this is acceptable with God, it's commendable to God. For even hereunto were ye he called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us what? Ah, what is the purpose of an example? Follow it. He left us an example that we should do what? Follow his steps. Verse 22 Who did no sin, neither was guile. Peter is saying, Look, Christ had no cause to be treated badly, none. And he took it we have cause to be treated badly because we have sinned we got to learn to take it. we live in a country where people say you know i don't take stuff let me tell you something you cannot be a christian if you're not ready to take stuff <laughs> i know you didn't like it but uh, no one likes medication as far as i know unless medication is alcohol then people like it listen to me you cannot be a christian if you're not prepared to take stuff you can't be a defensive Christian a Christian has what kind of a heart an open heart a Christian is the easiest person to hurt because a Christian trusts you a Christian takes you as you are a Christian assumes the best jesus knew what judas was up to but he tried and he tried with him and he took it whatever judas threw at jesus he took it because he had denied himself someone says something about your shoes and you hate the person for life how should we forgive how do you plan to forgive How should we love? How do you plan to love? Beginning when? By His grace. How do you plan to overcome? How do you plan to obey? How do you plan to be humble? How do you plan to live your life? How do you plan to suffer? Like Jesus. Because to wear that crown, you must first carry a cross. You can't drop the cross. Too many Christians drop the cross to show people how bad they are. Let me put on this cross for five minutes and put you in your place. Mm. No, 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 no. We must be like Christ. We must preserve the tradition of heaven which is righteousness and righteousness is rooted in the fertile soil of self-denial i am not on this earth for myself and that principle is found all the way back in genesis 126 where god said let us make man in our image the purpose of an image is to reflect somebody else which means when god gave mankind a job description your job description is reflect me not you forget you and think of me even nature the heavens declare the glory of god not their own glory the glory of god i want us to change the way we think Do you know how much stress you save yourself when you learn to take stuff? You just say, forget it. And you forget it. And you move on. Just forget it. That's what Jesus says when we confess our sins. He says, forget it. I'm glad you confess for your own sake. Your confession doesn't make me more righteous as Jesus. It's a blessing to you. Let's forget it. Let's start a new clean slate. Then we do it again. Jesus says, let's forget it. We must be like Christ. Have you understood the message? Has it touched your heart? How many of you will say, Lord, I didn't realize it before. Now I understand. As weak as I am, I want by your power to be just like Jesus. If you'll say that honestly, stand up. I want to be just like you By your power, any other way, it's impossible. The standard is too high. By the power of God, I want to be just like Jesus. In my thoughts, my will must be his will. My thoughts, his thoughts. My mind, his mind. My words, his word. My action, his actions, meaning my life, his life. And that is what God requires. All of that grows... Out of the self-denial that began with god in sending jesus he sent all in denying ourselves let's deny all that we are and make room for all that jesus is this is what god requires of us when the world sees that the world will begin to wonder what's wrong with these people no no everything will be right with us but the world will not understand if the world doesn't ask you what's wrong with you then something is wrong with you When we come close to christ then they ask what's wrong with you we can tell them what's right it is jesus christ you stood are you serious in your standing raise your right hand keep them up father in the name of jesus i present you every man every woman boy and girl who stood to say by your grace and your power we want to be like jesus i include myself i want to be like christ Hear our prayer, dear God, and give us the power. Release into our souls the life of Christ. Give us his mind that all that we do may proceed from that mind. That all over San Bernardino, Melinda Colton, and all these surrounding cities may be examples of Christ-like living, examples of righteousness, examples of self-denial. Hear this humble prayer we are offered in Jesus' name and for his sake. Let all those who love Jesus say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Let me shake your hands. At the door. How should we love? How should we forgive? How should we obey? How should we overcome? How should our lifestyle be? How should we suffer? God bless you.